The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 90 The Ancient Tradition 1883, March 16th, Denver, Colorado The sheriff stood at the doors of the brothel. He considered just opening the door and entering. After all, most people didn't knock, they just went inside. But he was on official business, and he didn't really know what the proper protocol would be. So, he knocked on the door. It took a few minutes before Sarah came to the door and opened it. Sheriff, come on in. Would you like a drink? She asked as she stepped aside to let him enter. I'm not here for that. I need to speak with Lady Venus. I'm here on official business. Well, that sounds serious. Why don't you come in anyways and wait while I give her your message? Is there anything specific you'd like me to say other than that you're here? No, I need to speak with her. I can wait out here, though. Are you shy, Sheriff? It's far more comfortable inside than outside. Please, just tell her I'm here and I need to see her. Very well, but you're going to scare off our customers standing on our doorstep like this. Please come inside. She's in her office, and you can speak with her there. All right. The sheriff groaned. Sarah led him through the back hallway to the office door. She knocked, and from inside she heard Lady Venus call out, Thank you, Sarah. You can go. Richard, come on in. Sarah looked at the sheriff, pointed to the door, and then left. He reached out his hand, his heart pounding faster. He opened the door and stepped into the office. There was a fire in the fireplace, and Lady Venus sat near it on one of the chairs arranged in the small lounge. She pointed to the chair across from her, indicating where she wanted the sheriff to sit. Next to his chair, on a side table, was another cup of coffee. Richard, it's been a while since you've called on me. What brings you to my doorstep? Certainly not my daughter. She's not here, you know. I'm here on official business. Official business? You say that like it's some kind of shield. Do you think the word official is going to protect you? I need to inform you of the new city ordinances voted on last week. It goes into effect today. Sit down, Richard. That's an order. Lady Venus insisted. The sheriff sat in the chair she indicated. He sat up straight. His eyes were wandering around the room, doing everything he could not to look at her. Okay. Explain these new ordinances. The most important concerning you is a ban on solicitation within the city limits. Solicitation? You mean having sex? The city is trying to regulate sex? No, ma'am. Solicitation as it regards to selling sexual favors. Ah, prostitution. They've made prostitution illegal. The city respects that you are one of the older establishments, and the council has agreed that special stipulations within reason can be extended to you as long as they occur on the grounds of this building. You want to outlaw prostitution but keep the brothel open? As long as you operate within reason. 
Within reason? That's just it, isn't it? All right, I will ask. What is within reason? All of the working girls in the brothel will submit to a medical exam monthly. The medical exam will need to be performed by a doctor chosen by the city council. Any girl who cannot pass that exam must be retired until she can. You will submit your books to an accountant quarterly, who will review your sales and submit the numbers to the city council. A 49% quarterly tax will be needed to be paid to the city based on the outcome of that audit. Interracial pairings are forbidden, as well as same-sex pairings. And if I don't agree to these terms? You will be shut down, and if you continue after that, you will be arrested. You think you can throw me in your little jail cell? Richard, you were always such a stupid child. I remember when you were five. You had dirt everywhere. Dirty hands, dirty hair. Half the time you had dirt around your mouth. Were you trying to eat it? Do you honestly think for a second that I would let that impudent, filthy little creature imprison me? Aphrodite took a sip of her coffee. She set it down on the table next to her and looked at the sheriff. He could feel her eyes on him. Somehow, it felt like she was crushing his chest. Do you think this city is the first to try and outlaw prostitution? Let me tell you what's going to happen. Prostitution has been part of civilization from the beginning. Every city, every nation, every country, every tribe that has ever walked the face of this planet has practiced prostitution. And every time some self-righteous bureaucrat thinks they can eliminate it, they fail. But what they create is a tragedy. Right now, I pay my girls a fair wage. They can come and go as they please. They work for me. I don't own them. If I were to break their trust, they could bring me to court. They could call on a sheriff, like yourself, to right any wrong brought upon them. They have the legal right to defend themselves, but if you make them criminals, that all goes away. They will try and do their jobs. They will become victims. Victims of the people they try to serve, of the men who try and control them, and when they're injured, harmed, and imprisoned, there will be nowhere for them to go. The law will no longer protect them because they are now criminals. They will become victims of the law itself. They will suffer and die alone. When you make everything illegal, you make everyone a criminal, and your world becomes lawless. This isn't my doing. This was the city. Denver isn't the mining town it used to be. With the train, we are a major trading city, a hub of travel and commerce. We are not Chicago or New York, but we're growing. There are families here who don't want their city to look like some backwater hillbilly mining town. This just isn't the Wild West anymore. The city needs to clean up its less respectable practices. Less respectable practices. Are you saying that love and the expression of love are undesirable in your city? You don't sell love. You sell sex. Don't try to preach to me, Richard. On what is and isn't love. I wrote the book. If you want to stop prostitution in Denver, it is your choice to try. But I promise you that it will be your entire job as sheriff from now on. If you declare war on my girls, 
One way or another, this war will consume you, and you will not win. This isn't my doing. I'm just following orders. I must uphold the law. No. You're not going to stand behind that nonsense. It will do you no good, not here. You have a choice, do or don't. Every soldier knows they could set their gun down instead of picking it up. I've made it no secret that I don't like you. You tried to steal my daughter from me, and because of you, she left home early. I am not going to pretend we are friends, or that I have any respect for you. But she loved you once. That I could tell. She saw something in you that was good, and maybe whatever it was has withered and died. But out of respect for her, I'm going to give you one chance to save your soul. Take off your badge, set it on the table next to you, and walk out of here. Never return to the sheriff's station. If you do this, I will be sure to help you find a new job. That won't save you. Someone else will simply become sheriff after me. I am not trying to save myself. I am in no danger. Right now, I am trying to save you. The city is being reasonable. They're only taking a percentage, and they're going to allow you to continue to operate. All they're asking is that you recall the girls to the brothel and not operate outside of it. Which girls? You know which girl. Thalia? You want me to recall Thalia? Richard, are you that petty? Would you do all of this just to get some kind of revenge on my champion? You couldn't beat her in the ring, and so now you want to try and hit her where it would hurt her? You are a nasty little thing. Don't use love as a weapon. If you try, you will have to answer to me, and I am vengeful. I didn't make these rules. I just have to enforce them. Are you going to be reasonable or not? Am I going to be reasonable? You mean, am I going to be bigoted, biased, and sexually repressed? Am I going to bow down to weak little men who are trying to hide behind your skirt? Are you going to obey the law or not? Leave, Aphrodite said as she stood, her voice dark and commanding. Richard couldn't help but stand and start for the door, but before he left, he turned to ask her one more time. Yes or no? You will have my answer in the morning, Aphrodite said. The sheriff left, overcome by fear. He wanted to leave. He needed to leave right now. He didn't understand why. Naomi and Penthesilia entered the brothel together. Arcadia had ridden halfway across town when she found Penthesilia at the Walker farm. She had given her a handwritten note that simply said, I need to see you immediately. Bring Naomi. Mom. She had never felt summoned before. She had moved out of the brothel when she was sixteen, and in all that time Aphrodite had never insisted she return for anything. Penthesilia could not help but wonder the entire ride over what had happened, but when she reached the brothel she was surprised to find the door was locked and the clothes sign had been put in place. She could see through the windows all of the girls in the lounge. They were drinking and laughing having pulled the bottles down from the bar. She knocked on the door, and they let her in. Sarah was drunk and holding a mostly empty bottle of gin. She kissed Penthesilia on the cheek. Celia, 
You're here. I knew you'd come. You look really good. Would you like a drink? You look really good. I would take you upstairs and play with you, but the lady wants to see you. Go and talk to her and then come back and we'll fool around a bit. I always thought you were sexy. I like a girl who knows how to take charge. What's going on? <laughs> it's the end of the world, Queenie. And it's time to drink. Sarah finished what was in her bottle and then stumbled away to find another. Penthesilea looked at Naomi. We better go see the lady, Naomi said. Mom, what's going on? Penthesilea asked the moment she stepped through the door into Aphrodite's office. My little queen, so good to see you. Aphrodite hugged her and held her tight. Mom, why is the brothel closed? All of the girls are throwing some sort of party and drinking up all of your stock. They can have anything they like. Tell them they can take the lamps if they fancy them. The time has come, my love. I'm closing the brothel forever. Aphrodite turned to Naomi, kissing her on the cheek and hugging her. Naomi, my sweet little Naomi, thank you for coming. I want you to know that I love you too. Ever since your mother left, you have been my daughter as well. Please, sit down. They moved to the chairs, and each of them sat down. Aphrodite with grace and poise. Penthesilea fell into her chair, and Naomi sat on the very edge. Mom, you can't close the brothel. What will happen to all the girls? Penthesilea asked. That's why I've asked you to come. I've given all the girls a substantial amount of money. Each of them has enough to retire if they wish. But if they don't and they want to continue, I'm handing them over to you, Naomi. Me? asked Naomi. Why me? Because I have liked the way you've handled Thalia. You have vetted your customers. You only hire her out to trusted clients, and somehow, for even more money, and for the girls here in the brothel, that's what it's going to take from now on. The city has declared prostitution illegal, and any girl who practices it will do so as a criminal. I need you, Naomi, to care for them. Thalia is one girl, and it wasn't against the law. What am I supposed to do now? This is too many. There is no way I can hide this. I have faith in you. What you need, though, is a plan. That's why I asked you here, Celia. I want you to help her make this plan. You have your Amazons, and I need them. I'm leaving it up to the two of you. Mom, what will you do? I'm leaving Denver. But... You can't. This is your home. I have had many homes, and I am sad to leave this one behind, but not as sad as I am to leave you behind, my little queen. I'm going to miss you. Where are you going? I'm going to spend some time with your brother. It's been forever since I've seen him. Mom, I don't have a brother. <laughs> yes, you do. He's older than you, and he lives very far away. I'm sorry I never mentioned him, but there didn't seem to be any point. If I can arrange it someday, I will have to introduce you. Don't go. We can fight this. We can have that law overturned. That's what I've been fighting for, to change the city, 
to show them that they can't push women around anymore. Celia, my beautiful Amazon, that is who you are, and I'm proud of you. You should do all of those things. You should fight like the warrior you were meant to be. But me, I am love. And when love is unwanted, it leaves. The city has decided it doesn't want love anymore. I came here a long time ago because it cried out for me, this mining town in the mountains of Colorado. The city was made almost entirely of men, and at the time they worked tirelessly trying to get what gold they could. They were lonely, and whether they struck it rich or not, they had no one to share it with. I came here to ease their sorrow, but now they have grown too big for me. They shun me, and when love is shunned, it doesn't fight back. It leaves. Denver doesn't need me any more, and to be honest, neither do you, my little queen. Don't say that. I will always need you. That's kind of you, but you have never needed me. I know life has been tough for you, and I know that it's been my fault. Take care of your girls. Love them. Love them all. One of the secrets I keep is that everybody approaches love differently. Some people need to love one person. Some people need to love two. And then some people fall in love with an idea. You have brought back to this world something it was missing. Love every girl that comes to you. Care for them. Help them grow and send them out to love others. That is my task for you. If you can do that, you will find happiness. I promise. You you can come. You can come and be one of us. You don't have to go. No. This is your time. The Amazon can only have one queen, and I have faith in you. Take the girls. Care for them. Watch over them. Goodbye, daughter. My love will always be with you. Goodbye, Mom. I love you. Then I have everything I need. Aphrodite said as she hugged Penthesilia and kissed her on the cheek. Sarah knocked on the door of the mayor's mansion. At first, there was no answer. Sarah knew the hour was late, and likely no one inside was still awake. So she put her suitcase down and then sat on top of it. I should leave, she thought. But to go where? She could go to the Amazon with the rest of the girls. She could live with them on Alone's farm, but that's not where she wanted to be. The door began to open. Florence stood in her nightgown. She looked down at Sarah with questions in her eyes. Mistress, I have nowhere to go. I was hoping you would hire me. I will do anything. I will scrub floors, wash dishes, clean laundry. Mistress, I will do anything just to be here near you. What do you mean you have nowhere to go? The brothel, mistress, is closed. Permanently? Yes. Where are the rest of the girls? They've gone to live with Celia and Naomi. But that's not where I wanted to be. That's not where I feel I need to be. Then you have somewhere to go. You just don't want to go there. I don't. Why not? Florence asked, but Sarah didn't answer. She just sat on her luggage, staring down at her feet. Answer me, girl. And be truthful. 
You've already told me one lie. I'll not tolerate another. Because I love you, Sarah admitted. Then come inside. Florence took Sarah by the hand. She pulled her up and then bent down and picked up the suitcases. Florence held on to Sarah as she walked her through the house, up the stairs, and to her bedroom, a separate room from her husband's. Neither of them spoke. Florence very slowly undressed Sarah, setting her clothes aside, and then she took a wash basin and a towel and began to wash her gently. Sarah's heart began to beat faster as she watched Florence move around her. She stared into her eyes as she worked, and Florence stared right back. When she was done, she held out her hand again and pulled Sarah up to her and put her arms around her. Pulling her in, she kissed her on the lips. Gently, she guided her into the bed. Sarah lay naked on the silk sheets. Florence removed her robe and lay down with her. She wrapped her arms around Sarah, pressing her chest against her back. How can I serve you? Sarah whispered. We'll discuss that in the morning, but for now, what I want you to do is sleep. Florence answered. The mayor woke up to find he could not move his hands. He tried to sit up, but he also found he could not move his feet. He looked over to see that he was tied to his bedposts. Florence, standing beside the bed, Sarah stood behind her. What is the meaning of this? The mayor asked. Over the years, he had been used to Florence playing games with him, but rarely this early in the morning. I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to answer them. If you do not, I will punish you, Florence announced, snapping a writing crop by slapping it into her hand. What questions? Why is Sarah here? Can't we have breakfast first? Why is the brothel closed? I don't know what you're talking about, the mayor insisted. Florence hit his chest with the writing crop, leaving behind a red welt. Ow! Damn it! Florence! That's a little rough. We should work our way up to that. Don't call me Florence. It's mistress. Get it wrong again, and you will regret it. And don't lie to me. I know when you're lying. Why is the brothel closed? I don't know. It's not supposed to be closed. There was a deal. We were going to keep the brothel open. Who is we? The city council. We drafted a new ordinance outlawing prostitution within the city, but we added a stipulation that would have allowed the brothel to stay open. When was this finalized? Last week, while you were off playing with the Amazons. Why wasn't I told? It wasn't any of your concern. Florence hit him again with the writing crop. Gah! Damn it! Stop that! There wasn't any reason you should know. I should know, because it's your job to inform me. You're mayor because I made you mayor. You're mayor because while you're mayor, I am mayor. That is my office you sit in, and you are only to do as I tell you. It was decided that you were not to be trusted. Everyone knows where your loyalties lie. Decided by who? Florence asked. The mayor didn't answer. Not telling me is the same as lying to me. Who decided I was not to be trusted? The city council, the mayor claimed, but Florence hit him in the chest with the writing crop. Who specifically, she demanded. It's none of your concern. Florence hit him again and again. She dropped the writing crop 
and with her hand she smacked him across the face. One more time. Who? William. William? William is not on the city council. What does William have to do with this? He's the one that wanted the law passed. Why? If he can catch the Amazons breaking the law, then he can arrest Celia and throw her in jail. If they make prostitution illegal, there's no way Celia won't step in and try to intervene. When she does, then that's the end of them. What is wrong with you? Why would you agree to this? Those are my friends. Friends? Those aren't your friends. They're going to bring you down with them. It's only a matter of time now. You knew what this meant to me, and you did it anyway, behind my back. Why? It was the right thing to do. To set a trap for Celia? That was the right thing to do? No. Why did you do this? Because I'm the mayor, and that's what the job demanded. Florence slapped him across the face. I'm the mayor, remember? Whatever gave you the right to think you could act without me. I'm your husband. And it's high time you understood that. I'm no longer going to bow to your twisted whims. I am the mayor, and I will be making the decisions round here from now on. Florence. The mayor said her name with disdain. How dare you address me like that? You know the penalty. No more. No more penalties. No more games. You are my wife, and you will act as my wife from now on. This is my house, and if you don't want to live on the street, you will do as I say. The mayor argued. No, this is my house, and you're mayor because I made you mayor with my money. That is my fortune and my land, and if you think you can outgrow me, you will find yourself on the street. Not anymore. You want to know what they gave me? They gave me the right to stand up to you. All the money you hold over me, all the status you control me with, it's mine now. It's you that is cut off. If you attempt to divorce me, it's you that will be out on the street. So that's what he offered you then? Yes. And you think you can take my fortune? I don't think it. It's already mine. Do you know what I sacrificed to keep that fortune? Do you know what I went through to live up to my father's ideals so that he would leave me that money? If you had any idea what I did to get it, you would know what I would do to keep it. It's over. There's nothing you can do now. Florence turned to Sarah. Sarah, last night you asked me what you could do to serve me. I have an answer for you. I want you to stay with me. I want you there when I go to bed at night. I want to see you first thing in the morning when I wake up. I want you to laugh with me when I'm happy, and I want you to hold me when I cry. Last night, you told me you loved me. You did not know how much pain I endured not to be able to say it back to you. I love you, too. But I have lived my life in fear, afraid that some day people will know what I truly wanted. I was afraid to be myself. I marveled at the whiskey girl. I cried when I heard all about Alone and Mary. But there was no one I could share those tears with. 
there was no one I could share that wonder with. I want to share it with you. I want to share my life with you. I will always be here for you, mistress. No, don't call me that. You can call me Florence. I want to be just Florence to you, and you will be my Sarah. Of course. Florence, Sarah replied. She can call you Florence? What is this nonsense? The mayor said as he tried to slip free from the ropes that held him. Sarah, I need you to do something for me. Anything. I need you to go to the sheriff. Something terrible has happened. What is it? Well, my husband and I were having marital relations when he suffered a heart attack and died. I need you to go to the sheriff and have him bring the undertaker. I what? asked the mayor. Of course. I will be back as soon as I can. Sarah said with a bow, and then she left the room. You can't do this. You never really did understand. I would never divorce you, and I will never let you take my money. Having to keep up with this ruse of being married to you is the only thing that kept me from truly being myself. Now you took that away from me. If you think you can take that away and my money as well, you are sadly mistaken. I am sorry, dear husband, but it is time we broke this marriage in the ancient traditions. Florence took a pillow from the bed and then climbed on top of the mayor, straddling him. She held the pillow above his head. You won't get away with this, he claimed as the pillow slipped over his mouth, stopping him from breathing. Florence laughed. <laughs> of course I will. I'm rich. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.